Hi, welcome to the Haven Youth Church Podcast. We want to thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you and empowers you to be all God created you to be. We love you. Welcome to the family. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn to the book of Genesis. Anybody in a right reading plan? Reading plan this year? You decided I'm going to read the Bible through this year? Yeah, that's a good practice. Maybe you decided you're going to read it through uh, in 30 days. How many of y'all decided you're going to do that? Okay, yeah. How many of you found out you're not going to do that, actually? <laughs> I'm kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> and so uh, I'm on that track, too, but geez, I'm not out of Exodus, and it's a struggle. So um, uh, we, we are, we're, all, we're all in this, like, uh, uh, on the, in the Bible app, in this group plan, right? And then at the end of the of the day, you're supposed to write a summary of what God's speaking to you, and I know I'm like bringing up the rear, so like everybody's already wrote their summaries, I'm like, uh, I guess I missed that discussion, so yeah, uh, uh, amen, so we're going to read from uh, the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis chapter 6, how many of y'all, how many of y'all uh, are thankful for new beginnings, amen, and so the world, the world looks for the new year for a new start, but as, as the events of yesterday have proved to us, the, the changing of the calendar means nothing to the world. But to the believer, all things are made new unto the unbeliever. And the mercies of God are made new every single day. Amen. And so praise God. Genesis, Genesis chapter. I told you Genesis, didn't I? But that's not what I told you. Okay, let's go to Hebrews. I'm sorry. So let's go to Hebrews. <laughs> Let's go to Hebrews. That works too. Hebrews chapter eleven. Hebrews chapter eleven. We're talking about the uh, the hall of faith, hall of faith chapter. Hebrews chapter eleven. I want to read one verse, and then we'll spend some time in Genesis as well. Hebrews chapter eleven, verse seven. Verse seven. If you brought your Bible, can you just hold it up? It's my hope. Just hold it up. Keep it up. If you have it on your on your your phone, I, 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 my hope is is that um, my hope and my prayer is this in this in this in this room, that you would fall in love with the Word of God. That you would fall in love with God's Word, His written Word, to you in this new year. That you would run after a word from his written word as much as some of y'all run after a prophecy. Do you know the problem with prophecy? You have to test it. And you have to wait. And you know what you have to test it against? His unchanging word. (laughs) You don't have to test his word against prophecy. You have to test prophecy against his word. I wish that we would fall in love with the word of God in this room and watch it transform your life. Some of you have been working all of your Christian experience trying to learn, trying to execute the disciplines of God. And what you have yet to understand is this word is quick and powerful. It's living. And if you'll just read it, if you'll just read it, it will begin to bring transformation to your life. Could it be that simple? So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. I'm reading out of the, uh, the English Standard Version because this is, uh, this is the Lord's stated favorite, of course. Uh, if you knew your word, you would know whether or not that was act- 
Never mind. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, the Bible says, By faith, Noah, somebody say by faith. Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. And by this, he condemned the world and became, he didn't go around condemning the world. It was his work in separation unto God that condemned the world, right? Condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Amen. I want to speak to us tonight on this first first haven service of the new year. On this title, write this down, New Year's Obsession. New Year's Obsession. Holy Spirit, we, we love you. We honor you tonight. We recognize that you're in this house, that you're in this room, that you're in this space. And we give you permission to speak now. <clears throat> we ask that you give us ears to hear, a heart to receive the transformation agent that is your word. May it find good soil tonight. And may the planting of God begin to spring forth in this new year. Give us an obsession. We give you the glory and the honor. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I got a New Year's obsession. Some of y'all got some resolutions. Tonight, you're going to get an obsession. All right? And so some of y'all already know. You, you've, tried, you, you've got your resolutions down. You, it's, uh, this is the year of fitness, right? This is the year, the new, the new you, the healthy you, right? The preferred you, okay? This is, this is your year. Right, you're thinking about the gym membership. Maybe you already got it. Okay, you already purchased it. Right, I've told you my story. I decided it was going to be a new year, so I went and got not this year. I learned my lesson. I went instead of instead of get this instead of developing discipline in my life. I thought the magic ticket to a fit new light new body was a gym membership. Right. And so I know a whole lot of people that have gym memberships. And do you know that every gym knows that a whole lot of people have gym memberships too, but ain't everybody going to the gym. That's why they give them away, $10 a month, $10 a month to whoever will. And they've got half of the population, okay, they've got 150 million people in the United States who have gym memberships and not even 1% actually attend on a regular basis, right? Because a gym membership ain't enough. We've got to begin to institute discipline in your life. And so here's a life hack. Instead of getting a gym membership, try this. Get up early tomorrow. Run in place for 10 minutes instead of a gym membership. And if that works out tomorrow, do it again on, on Saturday. And if that works out on Saturday, show up to Sunday school. And if you, were, if you were disciplined enough after three days, then maybe get up a, a half hour earlier and, and do a full workout on, on Monday, right? Where's Autumn at? Autumn, Autumn can coach you, right? So this woman has found something that's radically changed her life. If you've been close to her, you know it. And that one thing is simply this, discipline. It will revolutionize your life. Discipline, okay? And so... So in your New Year's resolutions, of all of your res resolving, the one thing you need, discipline. 
I said, that's simple. And you didn't even need a new year for it. <laughs> and, so, and so we know, a lot of us know that we've already, look, it's, it's clear, right? Like, why did we even write down the, re- the resolution? We know it's not going to happen. The six-pack ab, you know, fantasy has already evaded us, and so we may as well accept it. And some of you already have. In fact, you didn't even write New Year's resolutions because you already know, Right? So it's just like, it's just misery. It's just, it's, it's painful for you to even try to, try to, to rehash, rehash uh, some, some new resolutions that, you, you know, I've heard people say, well, it's just setting up, it's just setting yourself up for failure, right? So why try it all, right? Why aim at anything, you know? So why have a goal, right? It makes perfect sense to me. And so tonight, I want to talk to you not about New Year's resolutions, but instead, New Year's obsession. New Year's obsession. Amen. And so if you'll become obsessed with whatever you are resolving to do, I promise you, obsession always leads to possession. Always. If you will be obsessed with it, willing to work for it, to discipline yourself, to stay up late for it, to get up early for it, you'll have it. Obsession always leads to possession. Amen. And so here in our text, we read of of Noah. A man of faith, a hero of the faith, a hero because he was because he was perfect in all of his ways. Not that kind of hero, a hero that only thought about other people and never himself. Not that kind of hero. I'm talking about the heroes that we see emerge throughout Scripture time and time and time again. Men and women that are in this flesh and thus are full of inconsistencies and incongruencies and failures. But some who lock in by faith, lock into what? The promise of God and the Word of God and become obedient to His Word. Nothing they've seen, nothing they've heard outside of His Word and they become heroic in the faith. Abraham becomes a hero. Why? Because he believed God to become a father of many nations. Amen. And so we look at Sarah who believed God when it was too far and she was the, the, the promise of God was too, she was too old to believe, but instead, because of her faith, she gives birth to a a son. Hallelujah to God. And so what is the connective piece in all of the heroic figures throughout Scripture? What is the one connecting, one common denominator? It is but one thing, and that is faith. And the new, the good news tonight is, is God hasn't stopped looking for heroes. He is yet looking tonight for heroes of the faith, not that are perfect, not that, not that have lived a spotless life so much, is those who will believe him, who'll take him at his word and become obsessed with the work of God and the the promise of God and the purpose of God for their life. Noah is obsessed with the word of God. The new year becomes his obsession. And you know what Noah does. What does Noah do? He builds an ark. He builds a boat. Any of y'all been in a boat before? Some of y'all haven't been in a boat, or is that sarcasm, you little brat? Okay, so, uh, <laughs> Jessica and I were in, in Miami picking up, uh, well, it was a long story, but we were in Miami for, like, uh, an overnight trip, and flights are really cheap, and, like, you know, we've already had COVID, so quit judging, and uh, literally, like, $75 round trip, both of us, 
So, so we were and, and we were walking <laughs> one of the one of the the streets there in the harbor, and it was like yacht after yacht after yacht after yacht. And uh, I don't know if I've seen those kind of yachts before. You're talking about hundred million dollar hundred million dollar yachts. I guess I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just throwing out millions. Like I guess they're probably hundred million dollars. Incredibly beautiful, beautiful, uh, beautiful boats, right? And so boats everywhere. And uh, and so I don't know if you know this, but one of the the most common names for boats is obsession. And I want you to understand that in the middle of the chaos that is present day, in the middle of of the darkness that that pervades culture in a society that is that is is boldly turned their back on God a society that calls good bad and bad good a society that labels those who who live a choose to live a life differently or, or or a righteous life according to God's word calls those people the evil ones calls those people the bigoted ones call those people the homophobic ones call those people the ones that are condemning and judgmental call those people the ones that are rooted in evil call those people the ones that are responsible for spreading coronavirus if you haven't heard call those people uh, Bible boys right that's what was just on CNN with the commentator there uh, talking about uh, the one of the commentators there referring to one of our one of our rep, uh, elected officials as Bible boy who's always using Bible scriptures in a society where there's chaos all around. God is still looking for some heroes, some one, some son, some daughter who are willing to work on obsession, to work on a boat, work on an ark that will be constructed as a safe haven for a lost and dying world. Work on, uh, work on a, a, an element, a, a vehicle that will serve as a testimony to, a, to an earth that is desperate for hope, that there's room for them in the middle of the chaos. And we may look throughout the window, we may see the roaring waves, we may see the dark clouds, but there's safety in obsession. Amen. Hallelujah. And so understand that the Bible declares that in the last days it will be as it was in the days of Noah. I don't know what that means to you. Maybe it just means that it's going to be dark and perverse, but I also know that it must mean that there are going to be those that take up the mantle of, of Noah and are committed to building an ark. Building a boat for their community, building a boat for their family, building a boat for their high school, their middle school, their job. What boat are you building? And 21. This group exists as an ark, as a boat. For those who are lost, those who are hopeless, those who have failed God, those who have failed their brothers and their sisters and their mommies and fathers, those who failed themselves, this building serves as a boat for those who've given up on themselves, those who are lost in their sin, those who are addicted. This building serves as a vessel of salvation and hope. But it's not just a corporate assignment. It's an individual assignment. 21 must be a year where we resolve to work 
on our individual assignments, on our boat, on our obsession, if you will. Understand that the Lord is returning. Understand that my, my, my daughter uh, is obviously the most graceful, the most beautiful princess to ever grace this place we call earth. And she's obsessed with, her obsession is princesses, right? And so she, she loves everything that is beautiful. And she, she longs to, to be, maybe all daughters are like this, I don't know, but, but, but my daughter longs to be dressed up in, like, um, uh, in princess dresses. And so every day she wants a pretty dress. That's right. She's a holiness girl. <laughs> Raised her right. <clears throat> and so if if we put if we put pants on her, she literally throws a fit, right? And she says that she wants a pretty dress. Does she do that, Jessica? She does that. And so she wants a pretty dress on. And when she gets her pretty dress on, she always comes to daddy. And she, she just, you know, she just stands there. <laughs> and what she's waiting for is waiting for daddy to say, oh, that's a pretty dress. You look so pretty. Right? And so, and I love to do it, of course. And sometimes I pick her up and I squeeze her. And, uh, and so the yesterday she had two different, I think she had Elsa on and then, Jessica brought something else home that was uh, Ariel. Yeah, and so, and I almost missed it last night because the dresses looked similar, but she had swapped them out. And so she had Ariel, then she turned Elsa. So she was like standing there, and I thought she was like, I thought it was her teddy bear. I'm like, oh, let me see your teddy bear, right? Like, but it was the whole, like, the new dress. I didn't know, and I almost, I almost missed it, right? And so I want you to understand that, that we know that, we know that the Lord is, is, the return of the Lord is hastening. And we know that, the, that one of the, the signs that Scripture gives us is, is Jesus said it will be like the days of Noah. And I want you to understand that when Christ returns, when the bridegroom comes back for his bride, he's not coming back. He's not coming back for little Elsa. He's not coming back for Sleeping Beauty or Cinderella. He's coming back. He's coming back for his bride who is awake and is working like Ruth in the fields, gleaning in the fields and busy about the harvest and catches the eye of Boaz the bride of the the bridegroom is coming back for his bride who is building their proverbial ark that is preparing a safe haven that is preparing a way for those who've lost their way may we never become a group or a clique that is too religious too superior too cool for the outsider for the lost for the abandoned but may our doors ever be open for those who have no one May you never be too cool to invite the one that doesn't have a friend. May you, you never be too elite and so 
so, uh, so established in, in, your, in your style and in your dress and in your cliques and in your clubs that even in this room we begin to leave out and cut out and X out desperate people that have come looking for safety, looking for, looking for a hope, a haven, looking for an ark. May we ever be building for a generation. Kyle said that, that, that it's a new season as ushered in by the Holy Spirit through, the, through the, the man of God, right? And so everybody talking about change in the new year, right? And so everybody's ready for change. And so, but let me remind you, there is no hocus pocus switch in heaven that brings change. Do you hear me? There's no Disney moment where change happens. If you, if you believe that, I promise you, you'll continue in the very lifestyle and the very struggle and the very dead-end destination that you're on. You can't change until you change. No change comes until you change. Oh, but, but Jesus and the, and the favor of God and the grace of God is going to change me. Not if you don't want it. Holy Spirit will come to you and lead you to the place of change. But if you refuse it, you'll stay the same. And, and you know this. The very textbook definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again, but expect a different result. And here we are in 21 on the same road, walking with the same pace and the same stride, thinking somehow Holy Spirit's going to do the work for us. You've got it. You've missed it. You missed it by a long shot, honey. You will not see change until you decide to change, until you decide to change what you take in, until you decide to change what you see and how you perceive until you decide to change or the voices that you're allowing to influence you, the people that you allow to walk beside you, no change will come to you. But it will all be the same. And so like Noah, the Lord tonight is looking for some heroes among us who will usher in the change of God. And so we see the context of Noah in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 9. The Bible says these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. If you have your Bible open or if you have, if you have a pen and paper, uh, you should walk that, write that phrase down. Noah walked with God. I would underline that phrase if I had my, my Bible open right now. Noah walked with God. And so a righteous man that was blameless, blameless in his generation. How do you become righteous? How do you become pleasing before God and blameless? A, a person of integrity before men. How do I do that? What's the rest of the verse say? How do I do that? I walk with God. I can't, I've tried righteousness. I've tried, I've tried to repair my integrity before men. I know you've tried. But can I tell you that the key to your righteousness and the key to your integrity with men is not you and your, your efforts so much as it is you and your walk with God. Who are you walking into 21 with? Who are you walking? 
And here's, here's, where we're at, here's where we get in, in the church is, is we learn to walk with God and, we, and, and, and because we walk with God, we learn the, the attributes of God and, and we begin to walk in a way that is righteous or, or pleasing to him and he becomes pleased and we, 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 we have the favor of God on our lives and the grace of God on our lives. But what we end up doing is we, we start losing pace with God. And when you lose pace with God and you're still trying to live righteous and you're still trying to live with integrity, but you've lost pace with God, you know what you start to do? You start to resent the righteous living and, and, the, and the, the life of integrity. And so you start to resent the things of God. You start to resent obedience becomes difficult. Uh, discipline or being a disciple becomes something you despise. Why? Because of your distance with God. But I promise you, like Noah, it'll be well-pleasing. It'll be satisfying to your soul. The scripture says it is enough to be a disciple. There is rest for you. There, there is peace for you. There is joy for you. When you walk hand in hand with God and decide in 21 that you're going to be a disciple walking with the Lord. Do you know that do you know that Noah walked with God just like Enoch walked with God, his granddad? I would to God tonight that you had enough sense to get somebody around you who has a relationship with God, who knows how to walk with God, who knows how to hear from God. And I promise you if you'll do that, you'll begin to learn to walk with God yourself. You'll begin to learn to hear from God all by yourself. Hallelujah. It matters who you walk with in 21. Amen. It matters who you walk with. Amen. And so, but but you don't you don't want you don't understand what I we're we're just a but seven days in and what we see in the news media is just a Flash in the pan compared to what's going on in my life. It could be, but, but be encouraged with this. If I walk with God in the light, he will walk with me at night. If I will walk with God in the light of his word, he will walk with me at night. Amen. How, how did Noah walk with in pace with God and in stride with God because he walked near enough to God to hear God. Hallelujah. He walked near enough to God to, to hear the voice of God in his life. And understand that this was not, you're like, oh, this is Genesis. So, like, how hard was it really? How hard, how hard could it have been for Noah? Does Noah, does Noah, Turn on his, did he turn on his digital device and there was porn everywhere he looked with every ad? Is that what, did he struggle with that like, like is our generation does? Does he look to his left and see, and see, uh, obscene, obscenities over here and adulterous lifestyle over here and lasciviousness over here? Does he, everywhere he looked? Well, here's the context. He says, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord, hear this, regretted that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him to his heart. No one looking for God. No one trying to hear from God. No one trying to please God. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I've made them. But Noah, 
I don't know. I don't know what the enemy has said over your home, over your future. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it sounds like. But verse 8 says, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found favor. Noah found a way to walk with God when nobody else was willing to walk with God. The pressure on Noah's life was great, and I'm not downplaying the pressure that you walk in. No doubt, if, if, you, if, you, if you're alive in this flesh, there is great pressure on your life. There is great pressure to call yourself a Christian. There is great pressure to stand. Uh, there's great pressure on you if you're standing for righteousness. If you are bold about your pro- proclamation, there's pressure. There's pressure within and without from moms and dads for some of you, from aunties and uncles and grannies. Some of y'all have no support system outside of this room. Everything is antagonistic in your life. And I understand that that you walk with a great amount of pressure. But I also see that Noah was able to walk in a generation where it wasn't easy to walk. He was able to walk with God. He was able to live for God when nobody else was living for God. He was able to hear from God when nobody else was hearing from God. He was able to do the work of God when nobody else was doing the work of God. When immorality and lying and killing and blasphemous living was, was pervasive all around him and the population if you read Genesis 6 and verse 1 you'll realize the population was demonized demonic possession by Nephilim the 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 the, the spirits that were cast out of out of heaven and and then would 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 sleep with the daughters of men creating the giants that we read about that were that were specific enemies of God and would 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 cause this 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 great darkness, this demonic, you have to understand, that's why you can't, you can't get over the addiction, as the world calls it, all on your own. Because it's more than a physical addiction. Okay, it's what scripture calls a stronghold that has a spirit attached to it. And so if you only try to deal with the physical addiction, you're going to find yourself in that positive feedback loop going back and back and forth, leaving and going, leaving and going, leaving and going until you address the spirit behind the addiction. And this is the, the society that, that Noah lived in. And so, so we see that Noah refused to be conformed to the word, the, this world. He refused to follow. Follow culture. He refused to 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 bow down to 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 those who and try to blend in to those who were popular in the earth. He wanted one thing, and that was to be popular with God. Amen. And so he's not looking to please those around him, but to please that which had sent him. And so and so he talks here. He learns that that he can talk with God. Did you know that you can talk with God? And did you know that God talks back? Did you know that the Lord that we serve is a God that desires to speak to you? And one of the greatest gulfs that much of Christendom experiences in this hour is a a lack of an inability to hear the voice of God. 
most of us in here have excluded ourselves because we thought that God's voice was reserved for the preacher, for the prophet, for the minister. But I'm, I want to stand here as, as, as a reminder in 21. It is necessary that you hear the voice of God in your life. It's necessary that you hear what he's speaking over you, speaking over your city, over your home. It's necessary that you hear God. Well, I don't know if I can do that. I'm a really strange person. I am too. I promise you're probably not nearly as weird as I am. fact. I want this to be liberating to you. God is speaking. And he's speaking to you. Even in your weirdness. Even in your missteps and your failures. He's speaking to you. You may not have been able to identify his voice yet. You may not be able to, to, to discern whether it was is him or, or not yet. But I promise you the Lord is speaking to you in this moment even. And so, how do I hear the voice of God? <clears throat> Write this down. God talk comes with a God walk. God talk comes with God walk. If you... If you are, in fact, not hearing him, it's because you're not near him. That's it. Do you know that Noah heard what nobody else heard? Because he walked where no one else walked. Do you know that anyone had the open door to walk with God? But only Noah. Only Noah's heart drawing near, drew, drew him near. To the Lord, and because he walked with God, he heard God. He heard what God was saying in his generation. He heard the voice of God, which is what birthed his obsession for God and for the work of God. He heard God's voice. So, what are you hearing? What voice are you hearing? What voice have you heard about your future? Well, if I'm honest, it's one of hellfire and damnation. There's a flood coming. I promise you that his thoughts towards you are good and not evil. To give you hope and a future. And send his son to condemn the world, but instead to save it, he says to Noah, Go get gopher wood. I wrestled with that for this moment. What are you what do you mean gopher wood? Do you know that there is no there is no this is the only the only place in scripture where gopher wood is used? We don't know what the word means. Like there's no other, we don't even know what kind of tree, what kind of wood gopher wood was. Holy Spirit just whispered this, gopher wood. Go. The scripture says that, that he followed the command of God 
let me let me back up. Six hundred years old when he heard God tell him. How long have you been waiting? Six hundred years. When he heard God speak, build an ark. You know what he did? You know what he did immediately? Build an ark. Instant obedience, immediate obedience. God said, build an ark. What does he do? He builds an ark for 120 years. For 120 years, we have no evidence that he did anything else except for build his ark. He received the commission of God and then became obsessed with the work of God and did nothing but what God had prompt God had spoken to him. And when he had completed the word and the command of God, God's promise came through and understand that he was 600 years old when he received the word for 120 years. He committed himself to the work of God and he had never seen rain. He was 100 miles from the closest harbor. Never seen rain. He never seen. He never. He never took a took a cartel, a uh, car, cartographer or cartography class. He didn't know how to read a map. He didn't know how to navigate the oceans. But he just said, "God, I don't know what you're doing, but I take you at your word. I trust your word. I trust what you've said unto me. I'll go only on your word. And I want you to know tonight in 21 that God is going to birth. His word is going to bring forth." Uh, Uh, going to bring forth vision and promise of things that you've never seen, that you've never thought, that you've never seen replicated. Don't go and look for somebody else that's doing it. Noah had no carpenter to call. He had no boat worker to call. He didn't have no plans to consult. God gave him every detail that he needed. He only waited on the instruction from God. And what you have to rest in is although 21 may look overwhelming and although the promise of God that's come near to you you may look unfathomable his word is true and if he said it all you've got to do is be obedient and some of y'all have not seen the fulfillment of God's promise because you've lacked in obedience you're not going to manipulate God and outlast him read Leviticus he's a holy God he demands that you approach him in a very specific way And you aren't going to manipulate him. And if he's asked you to give or asked you to give up, if he's asked you to go or he's asked you to come back, the promise of God cannot be fulfilled and will not be fulfilled until you complete the process of obedience. Where have you lacked in obedience to the word of God in your life? Quit blaming God for the lack of fulfilled promise. When you have yet to fulfill your commitment to obedience. The promises of God are always contingent upon your obedience. Amen. Praise God. God is speaking. He's bringing thoughts. He's bringing imaginations. You may not have recognized it as God, but often his voice comes as thoughts and imaginations on your on your heart. And often it's the very voice of God speaking to you. He speaks to Moses and he says, make an ark of gopher wood. Never seen a flood. It's never rained. He's 100 miles from the ocean.
how nuts did he look building a ship? Building a ship that was 150 yards long. Four stories high. For 120 years. Verse 22 of chapter 6 says he did all that God had commanded him to do. You need to identify tonight the sum of what God has told you to do. Identify the sum. Commit to walking in obedience. Noah doesn't spend time assessing or evaluating God's word or the world. He just walks in obedience. He allows for no distractions, but became a full-time ark builder. Would to God in this room we would have some full-time ark builders for this generation. Some full-time ark builders for this generation. We never see Noah, who Genesis 9 calls a farmer. We never see him cry out, but I don't know how. We never, we never see him talk about how difficult it was to find this mysterious gopher wood. He just does it. He just does what God has said to do. Quit assessing. Quit getting caught up in, in, in your rational thinking. The God that we serve is, is very often not very rational. He's not in the logical. He's in the supernatural. He exists outside of natural space and natural time. He is a supernatural God. Amen. Amen. So we know that, we know that, I got to close, we know that Noah witnessed while he worked. Bible says that he preached to everyone in his generation. He witnessed while he worked. He worshiped while he worked. Right? The Bible says that he covered the wood with pitch. And this is where revelation come concerning gopher wood to me and perhaps for you tonight. So gopher wood is wood that is covered in pitch. What is pitch? A sealer. What's the root word, the Hebrew word for pitch? tell you that no matter where you're at tonight, no matter what you've bought into 21, there's a Lord in chapter 7. The Bible says, and the Lord said unto Noah, come. The invitation inside the ark wasn't from Noah. It was from God. And God's voice echoed out of the ark. Come. Your salvation. 
atonement is in the ark. Wherever you've been and whatever you've done, that's Old Testament. I understand, but you ought to have gotten it by now. God said to you and he said to me when he sent Christ, the ark of heaven, to earth. The atonement, the gopher wood. And the invitation of Holy Spirit tonight for everything that you brought in to 21 is good for you. Holy Spirit says, come. The meta story of Scripture. From Genesis to Revelations. The redemption of man. Ends. With Holy Spirit saying. Revelation 1. Come. The Spirit and the Bride say. I don't know if I can, my problem is, is I don't know if I can, I can, I can stay in the boat. I have a tendency to, to want to, to want to hop out. Do you know who closed the door of the ark? Do you know God closed the door of the ark? If you'll just, if you'll just come and surrender all of your hurts and all of your failures and all of your, all of your questions and, 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 and all of, all of the thoughts that have kept you in the troubled waters and the chaos of this earth. Come. And allow the atonement, the blood of Christ to cover you. The God of creation closed the door that would give access to everything that is against you. How am I going to go into 21? In the ark. Two words tonight. Build an ark. Build an ark. It's the whole other week tonight. Come. Come inside. Understand tonight you're building for your family. You're building for a generation. For a harvest that's coming in. You're building. They're going to come because don't look now, but there's already rain. <laughs> the floods are on the horizon. It doesn't take, it doesn't take a, a, a prophet to see that the flood waters are already rising. The only question is, will there be an ark? Allow the ark of God to become your obsession. Thanks for listening. If this message blessed you in any way, please consider subscribing and sharing this podcast with someone. You can follow us on social media at Haven Youth Church. We love you, fam. The best is yet to come.